Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Get ready for Saturday's Belmont Stakes and sign up to Naira Bets. With Naira Bets, you can legally watch and bet on horse racing from anywhere at any time. It's free to sign up. Just go to nyrabets.com and enter code SAL200 to get a special $200 bonus. Naira Bets, the official betting site for the Belmont Stakes. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. That's me. Glad to be back. We have a jam-packed hour. I want to get right to it. I love talking to you guys, but honestly, this is time that could be spent in front of my laptop betting live baseball. So let's get it going. A lot going on in the wonderful world of sports gambling. I want to quickly go over it all, starting on the hardwood. Golden State, obviously, with a commanding 2-0 lead. Won their first two games by a combined 41 points. Right now, if you want to bet them to win the series... 1,500 to win 100, and the take-back Cavs, 100 to win 900. I'm feeling good. My big series bet was Golden State minus one-and-a-half games. They can win 4 nothing, 4-1, 4-2, so that'll be fun when they blow that. Game three, they're giving three-and-a-half points, 227-and-a-half is the over-under. Over-under is one-and-one so far this series, but under betting under anything is not fun to root for in this series. Nine players in double digits on Sunday. Switching to the pucks, pens and predators, deadlocked at two. This is a fun series. The ratings are solid. I was wrong about this. The casual fan seems to be eating up all this Smashville stuff, and I think they're the better team. I really do. Game five Thursday, pens minus 160 over Preds. Over-unders five and a half, which is two and two this series. For the series, the pens are minus 135. Uh, entering the quarterfinals, the French Open, Rafael Nadal, two to one. Simona Halep, plus 120. On the diamond, Astros, winners of 11 in a row, 4-1 to one odds. Cubs, 4 in a row. First place now, 6-1. to one. And the early Belmont line, Classic Empire, favored at 2-1. to one. Later in the show, I'll be talking Belmont with TV analyst and handicapper for New York Racing Association, Andy Serling. But before that, we're going to talk basketball, hockey. We're going to take the inaugural ride on Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. We'll tackle some fake props, best bets, and hopefully we'll induct another member into the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame. If you have a super bad beat or bet on an obscure event, email me at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. We'll evaluate your case. If you're an egomaniac like myself, need to hear yourself on the airwaves, make a little voice recording and email it at the same address. Right now, I want to introduce my buddies, the Wizards of Wagering, the Gurus of Gambling, the Degenerate Trifecta, now, two members of the D-Gen 3 may have hit a new low last night, although we seem to hit a new low every week. The Parlay Kid and Brother Bry, you're there. You had money on Florida over Oklahoma in the Ladies Softball Championship, right, guys? Are, are you still around? Did you get any sleep last night? <laughs> <laughs> That's correct, Sal. Uh, Florida, Oklahoma, a classic 17-inning game. Brian and I are texting about until 1230 in the morning here in New York time. Uh, watching that uh, that thrilling classic of uh, women's softball game. And Florida lost. It's best best of three, right, Brian? Yeah, it's best of three. So, I mean, I uh, I was expecting last night. I was hoping to go to bed around 10 o'clock, get ready for the podcast today, and I ended up being awake till 2 o'clock just texting <laughs> about this softball game. It's terrible. And- and then you told me about a French Open bet that you wanted for the middle of the night. It's confusing what time those go down to, but um... – yeah, Harry, I don't know how you were not involved in this. Darren, you say this is the best woman's sport out there to bet, right? Not just to bet, to watch, Sal. Mm-hmm. Uh, NCAA women's softball, uh, to me by far, is the uh, best female college sport to watch. It's, it's entertaining. Uh, the girls put on a good show. Uh, the game is it's a quick-moving game. Pitchers throw strikes. Girls make plays. Uh, there seems to be a lot of energy on the field. It's fun to watch. We'll be getting updates of the Florida-Oklahoma uh, game two of the best <laughs> of three finals uh, throughout the podcast. Harry, let's jump to the NBA. We'll start with you. Golden State's up 2 nothing. Neither game was close. 
They seem untouchable. This has been kind of ugly to watch. Whose fault is this blowout? Did you bet Cleveland and we don't know about it? I didn't bet Cleveland. I did say that the game, the series would go seven, and I thought Golden State would win in seven. But I think, you know what? I think it's Kevin Durant's fault first, mm-hmm. considering when he signed with Golden State, we were all worried that KD and the Warriors would toy with the rest of the NBA. And unfortunately, that's exactly what's happening. Nobody can figure out how to guard this team at all. And Durant's been actually fabulous, mm-hmm. where. It's LeBron's fault on the same side, on the flip side with Cleveland because of a non, it's such a non-competitive finals at this point, and he's the one who demanded the Cavs re-sign Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith, and they've been awful. And I, I checked this, I looked at the stats, and in two games, Thompson has eight points and eight rebounds in two games, and Smith has three points. Darren, he hits, he's hit one three-pointer. And zero assists. Right. He's he's terrible. J.R. Smith, by the way, Harry, you could get him at plus one hundred thousand for MVP right now. So wow! Might want to jump on that. Uh, I think uh, a few of his tattoos that, have better odds of winning MVP than actually J.R. Smith. Darren, just though, but you being a coach and everything, I, I had mentioned before to Sal, like you know, Red Auerbach, it, it must be rolling over. He would never allow allow that to happen, no matter how good a player was on his team to run the to run the show. Yeah, you're 100% right, Harry. Different yeah, times. You know, These guys make a lot of money, and it's, it's all different. Now, we were just talking about MVP. Darren, Durant is minus 400. I know you and Brother Bry have Curry uh, teamed up with, with a couple of hockey MVPs. It was looking good. You, you, kinda, you, you think, Curry, it should be co-MVPs or maybe even Curry ahead. Durant, minus 400. Is that fair? Well, here it is, Sal. Durant, minus 400. Curry is plus 250 right now, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I, I Right now, if this series were to end right now, I think, obviously, Durant minus 400, he would get it. But mm-hmm. we're only a game away from this line totally changing. If Durant comes out tomorrow in game three and drops like 16 and Curry goes for 30, now I think it really kind of evens the odds, uh, maybe even slightly in favor of Curry. I mean, Durant's stat lines right now, uh, he's he's put up 71 total points, 22 rebounds, 14 assists in the uh, first two games, and Curry is six, 60 points, 16 rebounds, 21 assists. Yeah, very similar. And I think the point guard runs the show, right? Curry runs the show, um, and I I think I think uh, he right now. If, if I would have, if I was a voting man in this, which I obviously don't have a vote, we none of us have a vote, but. <laughs> I would be I would be totally for them splitting the MVP. I wonder why none of us has MVP. a vote. That's weird that they wouldn't Wait, give us I, any I thought, vote. I thought I, had, I thought I had a vote. No, you don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you get a vote taken away, uh, brother Bry. You you had a great bet. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's weird though. Curry, it seems like what what do you have to do to close the gap? You're right. He had a triple double last game, but Brian, you had a great bet. Golden State to win the first three games. What was it? Plus three twenty. Yeah, uh, Golden State to win the first three uh, to go up 3-0 was plus 320. You you know, we discussed the last podcast. I really liked Golden State to win in four or to win in five. So getting plus 320, I thought, you know, usually I look for value. And I thought if you did each game individually for the first three games, you were probably going to get anywhere between like plus 175 and plus 200. So getting plus 320, I thought was awesome. I mean, the odds of them winning the first two games were pretty great. Mm -hmm. So. I'm uh, in the driver's seat, I feel like, right now, and yeah. uh, I will not be hedging it. No, no, no. You know, you also pointed out the Warriors in four and, and in five. What are the odds for that? I think the play is like, I don't see, uh, why would you bet Golden State right now minus 1,500? Why wouldn't you take Golden State to win in four, which is uh, plus 170 at the moment, mm-hmm. and then Golden State to win in five is plus 175? Do you see this? At this point, do you see the series going six games or seven games? Yeah, no, the, the spread is four. Or three and a half or four, depending. I know there were some big bets put on Golden State that today or yesterday, but it's so you would think if you bet a teaser, minus four, minus four, even though that's even odds that they, they win both, I, I would be shocked, shocked that they didn't come away with one in Cleveland. I, I get it. I know they were down two nothing, and I think that's even more reason that they're going to be careful and not go back two two, or even I know it was three one last year and they blew it, but. I think they they steal one. Like you said, if it's three one going to to back to Oakland, 
that's got they got to wrap that up plus 175 i agree harry nine to one cleveland to win this not worth it not worth it they just don't have the players to get it done where i just mentioned the two that 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 thompson needs to be clogging up the middle and and getting boards and he's doing nothing and Ir, uh kyrie irving hasn't looked great in either game he was eight of 23 last uh in game two it's not good enough i mean he still wound up with a decent amount of points but you got to be better than that in terms of uh trying to beat golden state so if they're, if they're going to take one it's going to be game three and they, they got to come out with a lot of juice and everything but at the end i think uh four or five is solid mm-hmm. for the warriors all right let's go through really our favorite is. favorite prop bets for um game three and the rest of the series harry you shoot first what do you like Give me a little love, little Kevin Love over 18 and a half points. I bet that myself the other day in game two, so I got the win very easy and very early, and I like it again with them being home. I think LeBron's going to try to dish it a little bit more, get everyone involved, and Love, who had a monster rebounding game in game one but didn't have any points, but he lit it up, like I said, with 27 in game two. I think he does it again at home. Over 18 and a half points for Kevin Love in Game 3 at minus 115. Harry, I think uh, Love over 27 points is like 7-1, to one, so you might like that too. Wow. Mm. I'll look take a look. That. Take a look. All right. Brian, what, do you, what do you like? Yeah, I liked a few things. You know, I I mean, I know Clay Thompson, again, he hasn't had a good postseason, um, but if you were to look at his uh, stats from Game 2, I think you'd say um, – at this point in time, this is probably more of the true Clay Thompson that you're going to get. So he had uh, 22 points, four threes. Right now, if you look at it, though, I love Thompson four or more threes is plus 500. I think that's great value. Mm. And then also uh, Clay Thompson over 22 and a half points is plus 550. Now I'll read you. I'm, I'm going to go over a couple of quick stats that you're going to be probably shocked to say why are you getting such value. So. If you look during the regular season, Clay Thompson in 36 of 78 games had four or more threes made. And wow. then if you also look at points, in 39 of 78 games, he had more than 22.5 points. So I think getting plus 500 or plus 550 is just awesome value. I know in the playoffs, I think for threes, he's only had four or more in two of 14 games, and I think he's only had one of 14. Uh, in one of 14 games, he's only had more than 22.5 points. But... I think maybe now with Kerr back, you know, he's a little bit more in a rhythm. I think the the value there, plus 500, plus 550, is awesome. That does sound good. And you had him over one and a half threes in game two, and that was that was over early. That was pretty good. Uh, Darren, Parley yeah, Kid, easy. what are you saying? Okay, so I like uh, Steph Curry, plus 400 for a double-double. Uh, he's averaging 30 points. Eight, uh, eight rebounds and ten and a half assists in the first two games. He's already put up one double double and one triple double, and to get him at plus four hundred uh, for another double double. I mean, you know he's getting double points, right? Double mm-hmm. digit points. So he needs to hit that probably in the assist uh, area to get ten. Uh, but he's been sneaky in the rebounds lately. So I really like Steph Curry at plus four hundred uh, for a double double. And I, I don't think it, I don't think it can go wrong with Durant for a double double at plus one twenty. Or LeBron at a double-double for a plus 160. And you know what the parlay kid would do. He would just take all three, parlay them up for a plus 2760. Mm. And, you know, that's where you could have a little fun. You you could put literally $20 on that bet. $25 $25 to win almost 700 bucks. Yeah. That's a fun type of bet to, to root for. Well, like Absolutely. I said, yeah, I mean, especially in game two, the, the, it was horrendous to root for any kind of under. And the points and the assists and rebounds, they just piled up. And and Steph is, the, you know, I don't know if he, if, if he, you really asked him deep down, are you glad Durant's on this team? Because, yeah, it's taken the spotlight away, and it looks like Durant could win MVP and get all the accolades. But, man, it really frees up his game. He doesn't have to be the guy that makes every shot in the fourth quarter. Remember game seven last year? They were done without him. If he wasn't freeing himself up and making the threes, they weren't scoring, and they didn't score. And that is not a concern at all, and he can rack up the points as a result. Um, I like LeBron James over six and a half made free throws at minus 165. The VIG is a little heavy. But, um, I, you know, look, the refs might not be able to turn this series around, but you could be damn sure that they could put LBJ on the line 20 times in game three. And, you know, 
Golden State, it's not like the first like game three and four last year. They're playing defense. They're getting to him. But that play where he's grazed on the eyelash, that's going to get a call. I guarantee it. Wednesday night, that will get a call. And he's eight for 12 and four for five with free throws. I like over six and a half made free throws, minus 165. It's high. The, the other thing I wanted to get into, largest lead um, is 3-0. and The over is 3-0. and It's 17 and a half in game three. Golden State by 22 plus is plus 850. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on the board. And as Darren said, Curry double-double, 4-1. to Triple-double. With triple-doubles, 15-1, to I think, even though he just, just had one. Yes, it is. That's yeah. correct. All right. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Whether football, basketball, or women's softball is your sport of choice, you know that the key to winning is a strong roster. And great coaches know that having the right players comes from scouting in all the right places. Finding great talent for your business isn't any different. You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to post on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. Because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, my listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com odds. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com odds. All right, let's switch gears to pucks. The series is tied 2-2, Preds and Pens. Game five in Pittsburgh, the Penguins are minus 160. For the series, though, it's a best of three right now. The Pens are minus 135. What do you think, Parlay Kid? If you're taking the Pens, you want to go series, right, over game five? Good point, Sal. I think you would want to take that uh, the series at, at that point. Uh, but, man, what, what, a, what a series. I, I, I think uh, I kind of I, I want to move to Nashville. Right? It do? looks like a fun yeah. place to be. I don't even like country music, but I would move to Nashville right now to become a Nashville Predator fan. A lot of lot of fun to watch. I still say though, this has been a home series, right? So I still I, I personally like Pittsburgh to win game five. I like the Preds to win game six, and we know anything can happen in game seven. Right. I mean the Penguins barely survived Ottawa in game seven. Right. Anything could happen. I feel this has been how it is. Game one was competitive. I'm probably not watching as closely as you guys. Game one was competitive. Game two was also for a while. Then the Pens had a great six minutes. And since then, it's really been all Predators. Like, I know they were losing in game three, but they've jumped out in games three and game four. You look at scoring opportunities, they're way ahead. Um, what do you think, Harry? You're seeing it the same way, just home teams rest of the way? Absolutely. Where you see the Preds now the line came down a little bit because of the way that, like you just mentioned, how they're playing in terms of winning the series. And for an, basically they were the eighth seed, technically. And for them to be where they're at is amazing. And the way they're playing is the line is showing you that. They're 9-1 and one at home in the playoffs. They are 34 goals to 15 against them at home in the playoffs. That is sick, 34 goals to 15 and in seven of their ten home games, they have given up just one goal. That's amazing. That's an, Darren. That might be the, this might be the greatest run of an eighth seed in hockey ever. Well, let's let's not forget the 2012 LA Kings, probably the best eight seed ever. Mm-hmm. Won the Stanley Cup as an eight seed. Went 16 and four that year, Harry. Right. So, but they but they uh, did have but they, but a they got, way to go. But they did get lucky to beat my Phoenix Coyotes. They got lucky to play them. The Phoenix Coyotes in the Western Conference Finals, though. They still have hockey I mean, in this, Phoenix? Oh, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Might be the worst organization in hockey. Brian, what do you think with this MVP voting? Now it's, it's really strange how uh, 
Pecorini was like, it's what he's two to one now, right? And the, the odds on favorite. It's nuts right now. He's uh, yeah, he's plus two hundred after game two. It's funny. I was checking the odds and he was plus twelve hundred after they lost game two. I mean, he had terrible game one and two. He got pulled and in then game two, I, right? I thought that was really high because after game two, Nashville is still like plus four hundred to win it all. But Rene was plus twelve hundred. I don't know who else could have possibly won the Conn Smythe if they win it. So I thought that was weird, and then the next day it came down to plus 800. But, uh, yeah, now plus 200 for Rene. It's, uh, I wish I jumped on it after game, you know, two or three. Uh, Crosby, because, Crosby's you know, as, three to as one. You know, yep. Yeah, Crosby's three to one. Malkin's uh, plus 325. Gensel's plus 400. And then, uh, like, Forsberg's the next at, like, plus 1,000. So I think uh, if if Pittsburgh wins it, whoever has, you know, the big game, you know, the big game the next game or two is going to win it. Uh, if Gensel gets another game, if Gensel gets another couple of goals, you know, he could definitely sneak in there. Uh, one thing too, just so you know, uh, I know Darren likes the Penguins to win maybe in game seven or Predators. Uh, Penguins right now to win in seven games is plus 225 and the Predators are uh, plus 300 to win in game seven. Wow. That's pretty good. Pretty good for the Predators. Uh, here's another, Harry, you went over some great stats for this series. For the Predators, 15 forwards and 19 skaters have at least one goal in the postseason entering game four. There's only like four players on the team who don't have a goal. One of them, Captain Mike Fisher. Crazy, huh? That's interesting. But Carrie Underwood needs to leave him. Why is she sticking around with that slug? But this is um, – She was is- good. She was good last night, by the way. Did you listen to her in the between periods? She was good. They interviewed her. They were, she was great. She was good? Very, very. She knew a lot of stuff about hockey. Very impressive. Well, does she know she's with the wrong guy? I can't. Everyone on the team is scoring except him. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Game two, four to one. The game goes five to one pens, which puts the game over. The goal is disallowed. It ends four to one. Are people ripping those tickets, Harry? What's the over under on rip tickets? Uh, it's uh, it would be high because you know that usually when uh, when you think that's going to happen, you're going up to the. Uh, you're, it's over. You don't even think about it because right in the right when that happens, you're so pissed. Mm-hmm. That I've seen it. I've seen it numerous times. There were plenty. I'd, I'd say uh, in Vegas at that time, people sitting, watching it in the sports books all over. I'd put the over-under at about 150. Yeah, because it took a while before they even decided they were going to review it. All right, right, right. Okay, this brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where we take popular sports and pop culture stories and use them to make fake gambling propositions. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. The first fake gambling proposition, although this might exist somewhere, LeBron over under .5 NBA championships won from now to the end of his career. The over, I would say, is minus 160. Brother Brian, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to probably go under with this, though. I know that sounds crazy to bet against LeBron. I mean, he's not winning it this year. He's not winning it next year. There's no way that the Cavaliers, I mean, they could make it back to the finals, which they probably should, but he's not being Golden State again. I mean, the only way he's going to potentially win it is uh, Curry or Durant if they leave via free agency this year. I mean, he, I, I don't see how he can possibly win another championship in Cleveland. Like, what could they do? I don't I don't see a trade that they can make unless they trade maybe Kevin Love for some young guys, but mm-hmm. I would definitely take the under point five. I mean, what he could do, though... I mean, I guess the question for LeBron is in two, well, in 2018, 2019 is a player option, so he could opt out. Mm-hmm. And then I guess maybe if he went over to maybe, say, San Antonio or another type of team and formed another super team. Yeah. But is LeBron really willing to be like the second, third, or fourth best guy when he's like 35, 36 years old? So yeah, that would I'm be gonna weird. Say, uh, you say I'm going to say under. I'm going to go with you. I say under also. Yeah, now I think that would be the only opportunity if he left Cleveland because he's not going to do it on this team. I don't know who they'd have. To, I mean, I guess they could add Kevin Durant. Or he could he could end up there. But a lot of this prop ends. It depends on where Kevin Durant go, Durant goes. He's willing to play for less. He said today he'll play for 32 million. What a sweetheart instead of 35 for Golden State. Um, LeBron is 32 years old. He's got five or six more years, I would say. I would go under. I, I, unless LeBron like unless LeBron goes to Golden State, San Antonio, or Houston, I think that's under. Darren, what do you say? I'm going to say over, Sal. Hmm. All right. Uh, and it's, but it's not going to happen with Cleveland. Uh, look, you have $87 million 
not including LeBron, committed to Shumpert, Smith, Thompson, Love, Kyrie Irving over the next two years. Mm -hmm. uh, by that time, LeBron is uh, pushing 35. Uh, I could see LeBron at age 36 or 37 willing to say, I want to win one more championship and form another super team somewhere. Maybe he's the guy that's going to replace one of these guys in Golden State down the road. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to risk that he's got one more run in him uh, late in his career uh, that he'll, he'll manage one. He might not be the key figure at that point, but I think he'll play on a team that wins one more championship. But it will not happen in Cleveland. This was Cleveland's last stand. Not that Cleveland won't be the best team in the East again next year. It's a very good possibility. But they won't be able to compete with this Golden State team. And, and at this point, who is the biggest threat in the East to the Cleveland as well over the next few years? That, yeah. I mean, right? I guess Celtic, probably Wizard. Boston, I would say. I, I, guess. I guess Boston, although they're not much of a threat this year. Harry, you got all over LeBron for creating this Cleveland team. Does it seem like he would have to do the same thing, but with good, more athletic players? for them to win, or does he have to go to another team? Are you going over or under? Well, I think he'd have to go to another team. I think Darren's uh, dead on because he can keep playing a weak Eastern Conference, but as long as the Warriors don't do anything dumb like Draymond Green did last year, he's not getting another championship anytime soon with Cleveland, that's for sure. If he goes somewhere else, that's very possible, but still, I'm still going to go under the uh, half the half of uh, – Point because uh, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with the. You can play Eastern Conference teams all day long, but when it gets to the championship, they're not coming. They're not surviving over against against Golden State. Okay, so three of us say under. Parley Kid says over. We all agree that it's not happening with Cleveland either way. If it happens, um, let's take another fake prop over under. Four and a half years before Lonzo and Lavar Ball become estranged. If you don't know this story, Lavar is the. Worst stage mom of all time. He's gone on shows. He's, his his son Lonzo is uh he's gonna probably be a top two or three draft pick unless he doesn't shut his mouth. The dad Lavar um, Lonzo won't work out with Boston. The number who has number one pick. It looks like he'll land with the Lakers. Who now there's there are rumors where they're a little apprehensive. He may drop in this draft. Uh, he's making these shoes. Uh, the next shoe deal he said is going to be for a billion dollars. Everybody laughed at that. LeVar said now it's $3 billion. He really is like the Seinfeld character that played Johnny Cochran uh, come to life. It, it's really interesting with him. What do you guys say? Parlay Kid over under four and a half years before these two stop talking to each other. Well, let's go with the under, Sal, just for, just for some fun here. Yeah. Uh, hasn't the father almost made it impossible for his son to be a successful NBA player, not just because of the amount of pressure he's putting on his own son, mm. but how many players in this league are going to want to shut this kid down mm -hmm. when he comes into the league? Every This kid has, he's got a bullseye on him already before he's even played one NBA game. Everybody's going to want to shut this kid down and shut the father up. Right, right. Uh, they, they. I guess he coaches like a pickup league out here, a team out here in the pickup league, and these teams just they gun for him and they laugh at him. And there's a clip like every three days of somebody, hit Lavar's team getting beat Absolutely. by thirty points, and nobody. It's it's pride and joy in everybody's eyes when it happens. Harry, what are you saying? Over under? I'm saying under as well. I mean, I would, I just thought of this as, look, if he does get taken by the Lakers at number two, uh. LeVar's already burned so many bridges that he's going to have to win within two years. Magic Johnson's going to have to make it ha make it work because if not, the family's going to crumble. If they don't make the playoffs in one to two years, the, the team is going to crumble, the family's going to crumble. And, you know, I can see it right now that it, also a problem, he's going to – the father, LeVar, is going to bitch, bitch, bitch because if there's not enough playing time, you can see it happening all over – He's going to be fighting with D'Angelo Russell for playing time with the Lakers. If that's the situation, it's going to make things real bad. And the father, like Darren said, do putting a lot of pressure on his kid before he's even played an NBA game. Yeah, and if anyone knows about putting pressure on their kids, it's, it's uh, to their detriment. It's it's the parlay kid right there. Let me tell you. But no <laughs> doubt, but you could set the you could set the same over under before mom I'm estranged from <laughs> okay. my kids too about right. four and a half. Yeah, years. yeah, Darren will definitely be. Divorced in under four and a half years from all the pressure. <laughs> all right, we'll save that, guys. We were going to do that next week. But, uh, Brother Brian, what do you say for this one? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go under four and a half. I think 
if he's going to be successful, and this again, this is basically saying that Lavar Ball is going to continue to be as crazy as he has ever been, because I don't see there any slowing down here. It's almost like the uh, Trump thing. I, I, I put it at four and a half years on purpose because it's like, yeah, can this continue? <laughs> or can all this craziness continue every day? He's in the news, but so you say under. Yeah, because if, if Lonzo's going to be successful, he's going to have to distance himself at least a little bit from the father. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be the – is he the craziest sports dad right now, like, ever? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember who, else is, who else is close? I mean, you have, like, Floyd Mayweather Sr. That's not close, though, to this. And then I was, I was thinking, like, a... they even they split up. You know, you hear about Andre Agassi's dad was, the, I guess, the ultimate. If you read that and pick up that book, that's a great um, autobiography. It's really good. His father was nuts. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, he's in a class by himself. And in fact, I'm saying under, not only under, but I think we'll see the implosion on the sidelines. Jack Nicholson holds LeVar while Lonzo knees him in the nuts. And I could see that happening. That's how that's how the end is going to happen. It's going to be on network television. And that'll be that. All right. Well, that concludes Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please Drink responsibly. Captain's orders, Harry. You hear that? Hear it. All right. Got it. Speaking of Harry, let's go to this mailbag. Here's the uh, first email. Hi, Sal. What if Harry doesn't get to under 200 pounds by the Super Bowl? He has to get the names of all five losing horses he gave us from the first episode tattooed on his ass. Or if you want to be a bit harsher, every losing bet he's given us on your podcast up until Super Bowl 2018 tattooed somewhere on his person might not fit on his ass. Thanks, Sal. Um, love your pod, Mosi Joharium. Thanks, Mosi. I love this pod, too. It's an okay idea, the Harry Weight Loss Contest suggestion. I've gotten a lot similar to this. Let me recap. Harry tipped the scales at 273 a few months ago. Is that right, Harry? That's correct. And then you dropped 21 pounds. Um, and how did you do that? What exercise uh, process did you what, – what, what did you Running sign in for? place in the pool. Mm-hmm. Running in place in the pool for an hour straight. Right, and I have a basketball court at my house, and I've been running the courts back and forth when it's still like four or five o'clock in the afternoon, when it's still 103 degrees outside. All right, now I've I've run this by and today. Yeah, and today I got on the scale today, and I am officially at 249.6. Wow. Okay, that's so, interesting. Making a move. You're making. But I'll a tell move. you this. Yeah. I will say. I will. I will say this though, Mosi. Mosi uh, Jaharian, correct? Is that that who uh, sent this in? Yes, of course. I could actually do that. I could actually do that because three of the five crappy horses I did give out mm-hmm. have one word named in them, so I got plenty of room on my ass for that. Yeah, you have plenty of room anyway. Let's face it. I mean, oh, good. I'm just saying, I have plenty of room. Right, right, right. It could be uh, <laughs> keep could be Keisha Knight Pulliam and uh, five of those, and you'd be okay. <laughs> But no, let me well, let me say this. And Harry, it's, it's important though that well, it's important to me, probably no one else, that people know how what you're listening to. First of all, running in place in the pool, Brian. Brian, you didn't understand it. I I can't visualize this running it fast as you can in the pool in place. What 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 happens? What is this? Look, look, look! I got the sound system cranked now at the house too, so I'm just cranking Daughtry and cranking the new Bon Jovi. <laughs> the new Great. Bon Jovi. All right. Well, listen, I have an idea for this contest, and thank you, Mosi, but I think this is how we're going to do this, if if you'll accept, Harry. The contest is called 52 by 52, and you have to lose 52 pounds by Super Bowl 52, which is in February. It's not three years from now. 52 is in February. And if you do this— 2000, I, two, Wait, 2018. 2018. Yes, yes. 52 by Super Bowl 52. <laughs> right. If you do this, I give you $5,200. If you fail on your mission, you must come to L.A. and stand on the corner of Hollywood and Highland and sing an entire Daughtry album wearing nothing but a sandwich board that reads, My name is Harry Harry Hippo. I'm a fat loser who couldn't lose fat. Is that that all I have to do? Oh, great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you accepting this challenge? I'm down. Really? I'm down. Guys, this could be fun, right? Uh, let's I know. That'd be great. Harry's on yeah. pace right now to get down to like 230 pounds. Is that what Darren, it is? All right, don't Darren, talk him out of it, Brian. Hold on. <laughs> Darren, at, two, at 249, I've, I've, uh, I've went under uh, 
under uh, Sal's lifetime softball Long Island batting average at 250. Oh, come on. No, that's not true at all. That's not even – you're a third of the way there. <laughs> all right, do we have a deal, Harry? Now, listen, you're going to have to record yourself and send it to me and the rest of the D-Gen 3 because uh, – I, honestly, I don't uh, trust you. Okay, so you're gonna have to do it. I will. Like, I got right it. after yep, the yep. right after this podcast. You're gonna have to record yourself getting on a scale, and you know, get make sure that, that we know it's today. Maybe get the girls' softball game in the background. All right. Weekly updates. Weekly updates Weekly for updates. sure. All right. I think I'm gonna win this, guys, because a little birdie told me that Harry experimented with um, chocolate edibles on his trip to Colorado, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many Daughtry songs you have to work out actually, to burn off chocolate edibles, but what? Go ahead. Actually, it was, it was, it was Snoop Dogg Raspberry Taffy. But, All right, good. You know, <laughs> Sounds like it has sugar but, either way. I love it. This, this is a winner for me. All right, let's hit it. Let's go to the Degenerate Hall of Fame nominees. Now, here's how it works. I'll read them. We'll vote. If three out of four of us approve, you're in the Degenerate Hall of Fame to be built sometime soon in Pahrump, Nevada. Let's go to the first one. All right, Sal, you degenerate, take this. After winning my first parlay since 2010, yes, I'm a huge loser, I took my money and placed a long odds bet on Serena Williams to win the French Open. Two and a half to one odds, so not even good odds. But come on, this is the lock of the century. And then, F my life, she goes on maternity leave and the betting site calls it a loss. Not a push or avoid bet, a straight up loss. I hope that baby was worth it to her because she just lost me 250 bucks. That selfish, selfish, selfish woman. Kill me, Adam Singer. Brian, what do you think? Are we killing Adam Singer? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But that is shady, though. I, usually, I would think they would refund your money a little bit on that because I'm, I'm trying to think when he got in on that bet. But they should have refunded the money there. Yeah, it is interesting to see when he would have gotten in at two and a half to one, and uh, maybe they knew about the pregnancy before everyone else. The casinos know everything. Harry, what are you saying? Yeah, I agree with Brian on that. I, it's interesting, but I'm going to say no. But also, like. Working in sports books for 14 years, and I've had situations like that when uh, golf people bet golf and golfers didn't tee off, but they and they never hit, never took one swing. But earlier they withdrew before they played. We would refund the money. So mm-hmm. with this situation, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to get anyone upset or anything like that. For 250, wherever the guy went, they should have given him or whatever site he used or whatever they should have given the money back. But I'm gonna it's interesting, but I'm gonna say no as well. All right, parlay kid. Yeah, poor Adam got screwed here, but uh, I don't think it's worthy of a Hall of Fame nomination. But uh, how is that even possible? How does he not get his money back? Poor guy, but uh, not quite worthy of a Hall of Fame nomination. Yeah, I agree. I, well, first of all, if if you have to figure in pregnancies and everything, they, they should offer much higher odds knowing this, or at least let you know. Um, yeah, honestly, I think I think she could still win in the third trimester. I don't recommend her trying it. Uh, I don't know if this is covered under Title Seven, but it's a bad beat. It's a bad decision. Maybe female athletes will hear this and, and never get pregnant again, Adam. That's all I could say. But I don't think it's a strong enough case to get you in the hall. Sorry about that. That's four no's. All right, here's our second uh, nominee. Cousin Sal, I was a few years out of college and finally had a job, so could afford to go to Vegas with my friends for March Madness. After a long day of drinking, playing blackjack, we found ourselves agreeing to go with a group of girls to Britney Spears' concert at the Palm. Near the end of the show, my friend saw that I was in bad shape, sent me outside to get a cab home. I ended up leaving with a girl who, in my mind, was one of the backup dancers and getting in her car. Next thing I remember, I'm on the side of a highway with my wallet completely empty of cash and credit cards. My phone is also gone. I asked a gas station to call the cops so I could report the incident and hopefully get a ride. Cops show up and think pretty lightly of the situation. They refuse to drive me to my hotel and claim that they work in East Las Vegas. As I'm pleading my case for a ride home, I feel a sports book ticket in my back pocket for North Carolina to cover. I show the cops the ticket and they agree to give me a ride back in exchange for the already winning ticket that was worth about $200. Gambling is tough. Sometimes you lose even when you win. Brian Del Corral. Wow, that is some story. Harry, what are you saying? Is Brian in the Degenerate Hall? No, I don't think so. That's like more of a bad luck Vegas story than a gambling story. I mean, uh, I'd have to say, like I said, I said no. I mean, what happens off a highway in Vegas stays in the highway in Vegas, I guess. Nah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Yeah. All right, Darren, what do you think? you have any catchy slogans for us? Uh, no catchy slogans, I, but I would say... I'm going to say no to this, too. It's, it's the bad luck Vegas story. 
Had he been going to a Celine Dion concert <laughs> instead, I probably would have put him into the Degenerate Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah, maybe this is a friend of ours changing it from Celine to Britney and looking for uh, acceptance and change his name. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. Uh, Harry, is this how the cops are in uh, in Vegas here? You that's can exactly, describe them? That's exactly how they are in Vegas. It is <laughs> an interesting case of Bruce, police brutality, if you ask me. It's very strange. <laughs> Brian, you think no? Yeah, I'm definitely taking no. Yeah, all right, yeah. I think, sorry, Brian. Brian, not our Brian, but Brian Del Corral, you and Britney Spears have no place in the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame. All right, let's try one more. Sal, in week nine in 2015, I tweeted you about your best bet back when you were doing that on TV. I don't know if you remember that game, but it involved you losing your best bet with D'Angelo Williams, stepping out of bounds at the one with two seconds left in a tie game, setting up an 18-yard field goal to win by three. The line was four and a half. Anyhow, I had about half of my money saved up, $7,500 for an engagement ring for a girl I had been dating for the last two years. I flew to Vegas to bet it all on the game, lost the game, flew home, and two days later we broke up primarily due to me losing that game with your advice. Was it a sign from a higher power? Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, with four question marks, Morgan Davis. Morgan, I do remember that game. Brian, they were playing your Raiders at the time. It was back and forth, and then they took a biggish lead in the fourth quarter. They let it dwindle down. I think Carr had a good game, came back, and then the Steelers, yep, just like he said, D'Angelo Williams stepped out of bounds at the one, really, like, stopped himself from scoring for no reason otherwise other than to set up that field goal. They won by three. Brian, what do you what do you say? We let this guy in? Uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely saying yes here. I remember that game, and I remember uh, at least you, uh, me, and Darren texting each other, and you were so pissed off about yeah. this happening. Uh, and the fact that this guy broke up with his uh, uh, his girlfriend was yeah. just icing on the cake here. So I'm definitely saying this guy definitely deserves to be in. All right. Parley Kid, what are you thinking? I agree, Sal. I remember that game like it was yesterday. Uh, I think we all lost money on that game. I really think that was like a devastating loss. Texting back and forth, how dare D'Angelo Williams do that? Which, because it really didn't make any sense. He could have scored. The game would have been over, right? They cover. Um, uh, yeah. So and then, then the poor guy loses his girlfriend, or maybe good for him that he lost his girlfriend. There, I don't even know, but. I think this is worthy of making our Hall of Fame this week. Okay, Harry, you have any sympathy for Morgan Davis? Nah, not really. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you don't lay points. You don't lay points. Hardcore anyway, Harry. I remember. You don't lay points? I remember the guy lost his you girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. I remember talking. I felt bad for you, actually, that day. I remember talking to you the next night uh, on Monday, and you were just, we win, we lose, we win, we lose. But that was, I remember talking to you, I, like Darren said, just, I can remember it where just that was just one too too much to swap too too much, too, too much to take. Yeah, because I remember you just being crushed. Notice how he said he choked That's hard on to come back he from. choked on too much to swallow. He's already losing uh, thinking about this weight loss thing. But all right, I got I'm in your head, Harry. I think <laughs> I am. Yeah, I took yeah. that bet. I, I that was one of the angriest I've been uh, games I've been over um, the last right. couple of years. Uh, that's when I was doing picks for ESPN. The very next week, I wanted to show the play on ESPN. Everyone all the way up to the top's like, yep, we have the clip. Here we go. I was about to show it, and they're like, oh, no, we can't show clips of NFL games on here in association with gambling. I was like, well, uh, you have a guy named Scott Van Pelt who does a segment called Bad Beats. Like, yeah, we have a contract with the NFL. Um, we can't show that. And furthermore, you have like two more weeks here. We're going to get rid of you as well. So that was it. Uh, you know what? I feel bad. I'm sorry. Good for her for uh, running away from you. Morgan, but you know what? Good for you too. This was not a one-time thing. This is the kind of guy you are. I hope you're still gambling. I feel bad, and I'm putting you in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm my deciding vote. That's three out of four, right? Brian, Darren, me, three out of four. You're yeah, in. Correct. Congratulations, Morgan Davis. All right, hey Morgan. There you go. Welcome. All right, let's quickly get to our best bets. Brian, you're on fire. Um, last week, what did you give us? Um, yeah, I had last week. I had the under two twenty six and a half. Uh, that was uh, the total for game one was two hundred and four. Uh, game two went all the way to uh, two hundred and forty five points for the total. But again, I like the under two twenty seven and a half this week for game three minus one ten. You know, I think the only way Cleveland can keep this game somewhat close is if they literally waste twenty four seconds of the shot clock each time they bring the ball down. I think that's the only way it stays close at this point in time. Um, 
you know, Golden State's going to get their points, but uh, I don't know. I think I think this game you're going to see probably in the 215 to 225 range. Again, I think 227.5 is really high, especially the fact that it's in Cleveland. Uh, again, I know it's really boring to bet on the under, especially when Golden State gets shots off every three seconds. But I think the under 227.5 is a real good play again here. All right. I wouldn't say it was boring. I'd say it's terrifying. And I would recommend that you don't watch the game. <laughs> It's uh, it's like flying a broken plane. I don't know. Uh, it's boring for a while until you try to land, I guess. But uh, if, if you're going to listen to anyone, it's Brian. He's been on fire. He hit on boxing, MMA this weekend, uh, hockey. Women's softball has, has been a little rough, um, and but he's the guy to listen to. Harry, you're off the schneid. You were 0-3. Uh, you won with an assist from me, I have to say. You had – what did you have? Under – you had over – Largest I lead had, of the game. I had in game over one. six in game two. I had over sixteen and a half, the biggest lead. Uh-huh. Had that within three minutes of the third quarter. Right, and you're down two hundred and ten. Your Majesties, what do you like for your best bet this week? Uh, I know this is kind of a stupid bet because it really doesn't have any outcome overall in the end. Uh-huh. But I'm going to take the Cavaliers to score the first twenty points in the game in game three. Now. Last year when Cleveland was down 2 nothing, they came home and they won game three by 30 points at home. Now, of course, they didn't. the Warriors didn't have Kevin Durant, so that's going to make things a little tighter. But I think with LeBron and, like I said, Love needs to step it up, uh, and also does Kyrie Irving, I think they, at least in this first quarter, get it rolling early because Golden State is 23-0 and this year when they score 35 points or more in the first quarter. 23-0. and But this game in Cleveland, game three, LeBron's got to come, dish it, and people's gotta hit, people have to hit their shots. First 20 points, the crowd's pumped up, they get it done. All right, so you're saying they score no, the that's more. That's more terrifying than, than my bet, though. <laughs> my fate. <laughs> but Harry, they, I could be done early though. I could also be done very early and not have to watch a blowout. Yes, and then so. you go in the pool and run in place. First twenty points in the game, you saying? First twenty points in the game, Cleveland at minus one fifteen. So they have to be up twenty to nothing for you to win. They have, they have to score <laughs> all the first twenty points. No, they just have to get the twenty first. <laughs> I know what you're saying. First, all right, first to twenty, right, I Harry? First to yep. twenty. I hear you. All right, all right, parlay, first kid. Darren, you lost your parlay last week. You're still up on the year. Yep. What do you have, kid? Okay. Yeah, parlay kid lost last week. I, I had the Preds in game two, uh, which cost me. I, I, I won on the other one. I mean, I didn't win, but uh, technically, if you add up my four parlays so far, I'm eight out of ten. I'm two for two on the parlays, technically. But uh, just one here or there costing me. But as we know, uh, that's what you get for uh, throwing parlays out. But I'm going to take another parlay this week as I will always do, and this is what I like. I got the Cavs over 11.5 three-pointers at minus 120. I think the terrible J.R. Smith uh, will will make a, he'll make a couple this week, and LeBron makes a couple, Kyrie makes a couple, Corver makes a couple. They'll go over 11.5. I think this is the one game where shots will drop for them. Uh, I like the Warriors. Under 115 and a half points, that's minus 110. Uh, I had that last week under 117 and a half in game one. It went under. I can, they're going to be close, and this is you're rolling the dice with this one, Sal. We know that uh, because the Warriors could score 140 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I just think the Cavs, it's a put up a shut up game. I could see them being very physical tomorrow, uh, and I could just see that the Warriors going slightly under there. Uh, and then I also like the Pens in Game Five. I have them at minus 150, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it at that. Uh, I, I think the home team uh, will win through Game Six, and then Game Seven in that series will uh, will just be a toss up. Uh, Nashville could still win the series, but I like Pens in Game Five. So Cavs uh, over 11 and a half three pointers minus 120. Pens minus 150 to win the game. Warriors under 115 and a half, minus 110. Uh, a 100 uh, Your Majesty wager will net you uh, 483 Your Majesty. All right. 
All right, good. That sounds good to me. Um, you know, I'm two and three. I'm down 180, Your Majesty, since we started this. Although I think I earned an assist for getting Harry back on track by picking exactly the opposite of what he took. But this week, this is a weird bet, but you could find it. I'm giving out the Warriors to be leading at halftime and to be leading at the end of the game. And combining those is minus 110. Now, look, I think it's over. I think, like I said, Golden State knows the whole thing about going up 2 nothing and losing a series. They're not going to take their feet off the gas. They have no answer for Durant. Cleveland doesn't. There's too much too much celebrating about Iman Shumpert and guys like that, um, what they're doing, and that, that's the bright spot. I, look, 45% Cleveland shot from the field, won the turnover battle by 11, and still got crushed. Golden State 11-3 and in the playoffs in the first half, and obviously we know they are 14-0 and in games in this playoffs. Warriors halftime, Warriors full-time, minus 110. That's my best bet. You could take that to the bank. So those are our best bets. We'll be back in a minute with an interview with Andy Serling from the New York Racing Association. This brings us to our Belmont Stakes portion of the podcast. And you know, with Naira Bets, you can legally watch and bet on horse races at hundreds of tracks from anywhere at any time. And I have the best bet of the week for you right here. Sign up to Naira Bets and get a special $200 bonus using promo code SAL200. To get the $200, all you have to do is bet $200. It's easy. Get expert picks and earn points and cash rewards for every dollar you bet. With Naira Bets, you have access to exclusive member promotions. And trust me, you'll want this for Saturday's stacked Belmont Stakes Day card. Naira Bets is available across the USA. Just go to NairaBets.com and sign up for free using promo code SAL200 to get your $200 bonus. Again, it's NYRABets.com. Promo code SAL200. Naira Bets, the official betting site for the Belmont Stakes. All right, we're back on Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. You know, I don't know a ton about horses, but I feel we need to cover the Belmont, and we have an expert to help us out. Right now, we're joined by Naira race analyst Andy Serling. Thanks for coming on, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. Now, listen, you're no joke here. I watched your Preakness preview, and you picked cloud computing to win, right? Good job by you. Thank you. You've had the one winner I've picked in the last like five years, so I appreciate you bringing that up. That's very nice. You were pretty confident, too. You broke it down well and in a way that even I could understand. Um, so, But let me ask you, if the Kentucky Derby is the Super Bowl for you guys, for you analysts, what is the Belmont Stakes? Is that like wild card weekend? Like, it's weird that the big, they don't lead to the biggest event, but is this just as big in your eyes, or how do you see it? It, it, it depends. In the racing world, if a horse is going for the Triple Crown, it's bigger than the Derby. It's really sort of as big a sporting event as happens all year. When you don't have a horse going for the Triple Crown, it's obviously a much different scenario. Uh, what we've done is we've built the day up a great deal with, um, with, with, with other big races throughout the day. We've got six grade one races. Um, it's sort of a, a mid-year Breeders' Cup for us. So there's a lot of great racing without it, but it, it's a very different feeling if you don't have a horse going for Triple Crown. Right. Now, well, let me ask you, this is going to maybe seem like an intelligent question, but really isn't. Is it easier for you to handicap the Belmont after the same horse didn't win the Preakness in the Derby, or is it more challenging? Um, That's a good question, actually. Oh, right. the, the, the problem, it's probably... It's probably it's, it's a better race if there isn't a dominant horse, um, per se. A, a horse going to Triple Crown is going to have that horse be a big overlay. The, the problem with the Belmont, from a handicapping standpoint, you could look at it as both good and bad, is that the distance of a mile and a half is a bit ac- anachronistic in today's racing world. We really don't run very many of those races, if at all, on the dirt. Mm-hmm. So distance is sort of the great equalizer. So for me, it opens up the possibility of long shots. I think if you look through the Belmont Stakes history, you see a lot of big prices winning and a lot of favorites losing because a lot of horses that aren't that good at a mile and a quarter, a mile and eighth, can be much more efficient at a mile and a half, where vice versa, horses that are very good at the shorter distances aren't as good at a mile and a half. Right. And like you said, it's a mile and a half. So it really does become hard to gauge the field from the first two races. It's like like Larry Walker getting traded from Colorado to the Mets, and he has to now play at City Field where the fences are way back. The stats are all messed up, so I, I would guess that it's hard to handicap uh, in that regard. Now, always dreaming winner of the Derby, skipping the Belmont. Should we be concerned? Is he back on the booze? What's the decision <laughs> behind pulling I, out here? 
I think that, you know, his trainer, Todd Pletcher, is one of the great trainers in the game, but he has not had great success with horses off reasonably short rest, mm-hmm. and which is one of the reasons that I was confident to, to bet against him in the Preakness, coming back just two weeks after the Derby. The last, the only Derby winner he had besides him, Super Saver, ran very poorly. I think Always Dreaming will be fine, and he and Cloud Computing will hook up once or twice in Saratoga. I still think Cloud Computing is going to prove to be the better horse, but but we'll see Always Dreaming again. We'll okay. see if he can come Good. back. I, I was worried, you know, he'll get caught by TMZ, and it's just okay. downhill from there. But you brought up an interesting thing with but when you analyze a race, are there some trainers or jockeys you won't bet against or ever bet on? There's plenty of jockeys I don't ever want to bet on. Really? I'm sort of a, I'm sort of a jockey hater. I, actually, in New York, the riders are so good that in general, you get a good rider. I don't worry about it that much. I mean, there's some people that I'm sort of going to stay away from. But in these races, generally, you're going to get the best riders. Um, as far as trainers, I do I do look at stats, you know, patterns, things they do well, things they don't do well. And, and, and I would be inclined, if I thought there was a trainer in here that had more success with real routers, to pay attention of that, but I don't really know going to this Belmont, how many stats we have on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I was looking, you know, obviously always dreaming out, and, you know, I don't Classic Empire leading the field right now, and obviously these odds are going to change. Two to one, faded late in the Preakness. Is that the kind of horse you want? A horse that fades late uh, for a much longer race? Like, it doesn't seem like that adds up. You know, it's a it's a funny question because obviously you you want horses that are they're going forward towards the end of distance races, not ones going backwards. Classic Empire actually ran arguably the best race in the Freakness. You could argue I was a little bit lucky with cloud computing and that you know because Classic Empire really dueled the Derby favorite in a defeat and then he hung on, almost hung on. Mm-hmm. And in the history of the Belmont, it's really not a race that's gone to horses coming from way behind. It's actually horses that have forward speed have dominated this race over the years. However, this year. You do have a Belmont Stakes, which features as many as four horses that are actually talented horses that could be reasonably forwardly placed, like Classic Empire, like um, Irish Warcry, who's a big player in this race, um, like Me- Meantime, who's a talented horse who has a lot of speed. Uh, they're going to be forwardly. Gormley, who has, isn't that bad and actually ran sneaky okay in the Derby, he has speed. And even the Japanese horse, Epicarus, has speed. So I think they're going to be moving pretty quickly up front. And I think it does set up the possibility, at least for closers or horses towards the middle, to do well, like a J-Boy's Echo who will be a long shot. Right. Okay. And weather doesn't seem to be a factor. I looked uh, Saturday afternoon. It's supposed to be about 80 degrees in New York. Talk me out of Twisted Tom. That that's for some reason I'm latching on to Twisted Tom, and you know I'm sure it's going to be a loser. But tell me why it's going to be a loser. Well, the last thing I want to do is talk you out of thirty to one shot. Okay. So I don't really feel like be walking down the street and have you run me over randomly one day. No, it won't be um, randomly. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll give you a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> I more prefer uh, to, to talk people out of three to one shots and two to one shots. Right. He he's just too slow, okay. you know. And he's trained by Chad Brown, or trained cloud computing, who's the top trainer in the game, won the leading trainer award last year. He is so woefully slow that he will need to absolutely relish the distance and improve dramatically and have the race completely fall apart for him to win. I hope he does well. I don't see it. Gotcha. All right. So, I mean, are you able to give us a winner? Are you waiting till later in the week? Or can you give us a a winner or mid-range long shot that you like? Well, first of all, I'm just glad you didn't pick the one-eyed horse patch. So you're already like way ahead of the game because I, I had you as one of those suckers going for the one-eyed horse. I, I can't, I, you know, it's it's too early for me to sort of take a big stand on one horse. But I'm leaning towards picking Jay Boy's Echo. Um, I don't want to be on. I don't want you to look up and see that I picked him second or third and say I lied to you mm-hmm. because I do want to see the post positions. If he draws post thirteen, I would be unhappy with him. But I actually think he's a horse that a horse was badly compromised. In, in the Derby, by um, the slop, right. and um, he had some trouble early in there and kind of lost his position. So I think Jay Boy's Echo is actually a horse that's better than he looks, and I'm inclined to think he has a chance. All right, that's good. And and would you say Classic Empire is overbet like most of these favorites in the big races? Yeah, I, I think I think he will be overbet. You know, I, I think he's the best horse in the race. I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be surprised when he wins this race by six lengths because he's just the best horse. But I do think that first of all, it's his fourth race in just eight weeks, yeah. and it'll be five and a sixteenth miles worth of four races. And he's also got speed, and there's going to be a fast pace. So I don't think it's a great setup for him. So to take him at eight to five or two to one doesn't seem like great value to me. 
All right. All right. Well, thanks, Andy. I really appreciate it. You have anything to plug? You're all over the place this week, right? I've got I've got so much to plug. Actually, we have a very exciting plug for you. Oh. We have named a plug after you. Uh, you wow. can sign up at Naira Bets, and it's a great AEW to make your bets. You can sign up all over the country, and the promo code for signing up is Sal two hundred. That's fantastic. And if you use that, you get two hundred free dollars. You wow. bet two hundred dollars, you get two hundred back. So go to NairaBets.com. It's N Y R A. E-E-T-S, NairaBets.com. More information, use SAL200, sign up, and uh, you bet 200 bucks, you get a free 200 bucks, and uh, win a lot of money on J-Boy's Echo. Excellent, J-Boy's Echo. All right, yeah, I feel like you're setting uh, setting me up for people to uh, hate me even more than they do, where they, they get the free 200 and they lose 1,200. But no, it's a, it's a very nice sentiment. <laughs> Everybody well, bet. Well, you know... I wouldn't want to reveal why we're doing it exactly, but you could be on the right track. <laughs> okay, good. Andy Serling, everybody. Thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Email me with your bad beat or obscure betting story at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. You could be eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame. If you want to hear yourself on the air, make a voice recording and send it. Tweet me at the cousin Sal. Go to my cousin Sal Sure Thing Facebook page tomorrow. Enter my prop bet challenge. You can win $100. Also, tune in to Jimmy Kimmel Live. Check out our NBA special before or after the game three and four, depending on which coast you're on. Wednesday night, Will Ferrell. Friday night, Owen Wilson. And we play a classic prank on Clippers, Jamal Crawford. That's that for the degenerate trifecta. I'm cousin Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Things change. The weather changes. Your mood definitely changes. So why lock yourself into plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find seriously amazing deals now. 